Good evening, and welcome. Welcome to a world where suspense and thrill walk hand in hand. A world with unimaginable possibilities. You are now entering the Hitchcock Files. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Life of Pi, and tonight... We are continuing our journey into the Hitchcock Files, and we are discussing 1963's The Birds. Unfortunately, Becky wasn't able to join us tonight. She had prior obligations, but returning, we have a fan favorite. We have Gareth joining us all the way from Ireland. So, Gareth, thank you so much for joining us. You're welcome, and it's a pleasure to be uh, back on The Life of Pi. So... Gareth, how, again, we'll kind of do what we did last time. Like, how did you, I guess, like, find this movie or come about hearing about it and seeing it for the first time? Okay, yeah, I was kind of late, late to the party with Alfred Hitchcock. Um, I, I didn't sort of, um, sort of look at his body of work until I had gone to university. I'd done some film classes, and obviously Hitchcock uh, came up, and obviously I watched Psycho and North by Northwest. And then eventually got around watching Rear Window and then uh, The Birds. Um, so, um, yeah, uh, I, I was a big favorite of Jaws, you know, growing up. And, and then finding out that, you know, uh, a lot of sort of directors such as Steven Spielberg uh, had used many of Hitchcock's techniques um, in, in their filmmaking, you know, the, the next generation. So I'd always then, at that point, then I went back uh, and went over a lot of Hitchcock films and I just fell in love with you know such a clever filmmaker that he was he was the master of suspense he, he knew how to um, tell a story and you know create um, uh, that suspense for the audience uh, you know how to hold him there for that that, that duration you know, of the film he was a master of that so yeah I was a bit late sort of um, sort of like I was around 18, 19 when I, when I sort of um, uh, sort of came aware of, of of his masterful uh, filmmaking. Okay. Yeah, see, for me, it's kind of... Me, I think... I don't think I started watching Hitch Hitchcock movies probably probably until my 20s, like, right after I started... Like, right after I met Becky for the first time. She was like, hey, there's all these, like, older movies that are actually really good. It took her a couple of years of beating it into my brain to actually, yeah. to actually watch it, and I did. And I was like, whoa, these are, like really good for the time period they came out and the special effects that they had the money for and all that yeah so i was so i looked i looked up some facts and so like i said we'll dive into it so like this is actually the third daphne dumar book that hitchcock adapted to film which i knew one of them was rebecca so i didn't know there was a third one so it was the birds rebecca and i for some reason didn't write the third one down but yeah i'm not familiar with the third one it, um I would have guessed it might be Marine or Marianne, that one. I'm not 100% sure, though. Yeah, see, I wrote down that it was, um, Birds is adapted from her 1952's, it's it's called The Apple Tree, a short novel and some short stories. And one of the yeah. short stories was called The Birds, and Hitchcock basically just got the filming rights to it after he read it and just fell in love with it. Indeed, uh, the, 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 the novel that you, The Birds... Um, it, it's set in England, um, in one of the southern counties of England, and it's 
the, the plot is still quite similar, but this, um, as opposed to the film being in, in California, it's it's set across the pond there, across the Atlantic in, in southern England, but it's about a, a farmhouse and, and um, being attacked by um, you know, angry birds, essentially. Um, and that's uh, the main difference of it, but the, the, the basics of the story are, are the same. Yeah, so, like, me personally, like, I like I didn't realize I was looking this up. I guess like Bodega Bay is actually a real place in California. I just assumed it was like a made up thing because like you know you know, they make up cities and names and everything for yeah, movies yeah. and stuff. Like Gotham. Yeah. So like, I, I was reading up on this like for right before we came on. I guess they Hitchcock fell in love with like the shooting locations and like the restaurant and a couple other places. The restaurant owner said. Yeah, you can film here for free, but you have to name one of your characters after like somebody he knew, like real famous guy from the town. Like, like last name was like Majinski Mag- or something like that. So he shortened it to Mitch. Hmm. Yeah, I, I didn't. I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, I know it. it, it uh, yeah, Bay, those, those exist. It's a, yeah. Like a yeah, and so like he, I like, said so he let he he so he named a character Mitch, and then. He allowed the guy to be in the movie and say a line too. This Mitch guy that the the role's named after. It's right when she's rolling up. For, so she drops off the, the the um the lovebirds at Mitch's house, then comes back across the bay, and the seagull hits her in the face. Yes. And Mitch is there, and the guy goes, "What happened, Mitch? That's the guy." Okay, excellent. I'm not aware of that, but I'll I'll, I'll look check it out again. Yes, I mean, like I said, I, I saw it, I was like, oh, interesting. And then I guess, like, another cool thing I read about is, like, they had an actual, like, I guess it's called an avian hospital, which is a hospital for birds. Okay. So they had, like, hundreds of live birds on set with the trainers and everything, and the hospitals basically just served as, like, a sanctuary for the birds if they got hurt during filming. So that way, like animal rights people didn't like come after Hitchcock and be like you're killing these birds kind of thing fantastic no no birds were harmed in the making of that film yeah and then like another trick that they used during the filming to get the birds to like fly at the camera they hung like a piece of meat behind the lens to get the birds to fly at the camera without having like I guess coax them more which I also thought was another cool filming thing that they use like a little trick a very cheap trick if you will to like get these birds to do what they wanted them to do yeah hitchcock was known for you know clever editing and you know techniques that were ahead of the time um uh, so yes you know as, as you've you've highlighted there i'm sure that himself and his, his karma crew were were up to all sorts of uh, clever clever innovations there to create the scenes and the shots that they were looking for. Yeah, so like as we kind of go through the movie, like I'll throw in some more stuff. I because I found this whole page of like twenty like cool random facts people didn't know about the movie, so I kind of throw them in here as we go along. So okay. diving into the movie, we got like um, we have Melanie, and she meets Mitch in a bird shop when she's supposed to pick up a parrot. And Francisco. what's that? Yeah, in San Francisco, yes. that, that's where, yeah. where, they, where they start the, the film begins. Yeah, and I think that's right when we see Hitchcock is in the bird shop, if I'm not mistaken. 
Indeed, Hitchcock makes an appearance in every one of his films, more cameo, and I think that's uh, sort of very early on in the birds, he's sort of seen walking a poodle or two poodles into that store. Um, you catch him early on, or maybe it's on the bus with the, with the dog, I'm not, not 100%, but it, yeah, it's, it's sort of just after the opening credits. Yeah, and the one thing I said, like, like we've kind of harped on this about in, like, other episodes, which I'm sure you've listened to, like, people, like, again, people forget, like, before, like, Stan Lee and, like, Quentin Tarantino started putting themselves in their films, like, Hitchcock was, if not, pretty much the originator of putting himself in his films. Just real quick, doesn't take away from the movie, it's just kind of like, you have to look yeah. for him, it's almost like a game kind of thing. Yeah, and sometimes it was a silhouette, it wasn't exactly him, it mm-hmm. was sort of like a shadow, you know, that was, Sometimes you you sort of see that on his artwork, you know that sort of rounded sort of figure uh, that he was. But sometimes in the films, there it's, it's sort of that unmistakable, you know, Alfred Hitchcock shadow um, is also seen. Yeah, and like I said, I always enjoy trying to go back to these movies and find them because there's been a couple where I just like missed him. Becky's like, oh, he's right here, he's right there, and like I think it's in To Catch a Thief. It's like the most obvious one. I think it's what Cary Grant's in that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he sits next to him right in the bus and they kinda of like just smirk at each other. It's the most obvious one. The other ones you gotta kinda you gotta be quick or else it's like real quick and he's gone. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean exactly. Um, he's he's a, a clever um manipulator of, of editing techniques and so forth, so he always makes the you know, the audience work um, work for their, their little uh cameras. And another thing that me and Becky have kinda of talked about, again, like you said like you've probably heard in the past he really loves his blondes. Again, Tippi Hendren, another blonde. Indeed, she was the original Hitchcock blonde. Um, the thing about Tippi Hendren is it was also her debut, or sort of her on-screen debut. It was her first film. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And um, she had also then signed for Hitchcock for seven years um, at, at the time. So, um, yeah, it, it was... Largely, to be him, is largely credited being as one of his favorite actresses. He's he's done a large body of work with her. Um, they had a, a very interesting sort of off-screen relationship that was sometimes fraught with a lot of allegations and so forth that have really come out uh, now. But back in sort of like the the, uh, the late nineteen fifties, early sixties, uh, she was one of Hitchcock's sort of uh, leading actresses. Um, and as you as you rightly say. Blonde hair. She was. She was dubbed there. Uh, some of the Hitchcock blondes. Yeah, and another thing we. I've also. I've randomly noticed is that there's. There's always like cr- green is always a very uh, prevalent color in all of his films. Like a lot of like the outfits or the cars people are driving or like the interiors of their house. There's a lot of green. Which I've, which I don't know why it's like that, but I've just noticed that. I guess something I did read was like it has something to do with like the camera, the way the camera would capture the green and make it a little more like eerie looking. I guess with the way the technology was back then. Yeah, I mean Hitchcock was always known for exploring themes, sort of, sort of in in his films and, and sort of um, you know work on the audience and sort of these sort of hidden messages and so forth there. So. Um, that, that could have been a big part of it, but it, it's certainly uh, something that I wasn't too aware of. But it's something I'll, I'll look out for in greater depth the next time I, I watch the birds. Yeah. So for me, with this film, like to me, I think he did like 
an amazing job with the special effects. When you have all the bird attacks, it's pretty crazy what he was able to create, again, with the technology that he had for back in the day. And I guess, like, at a certain point, he actually, like, uh, I guess almost, like, like strung real birds onto Tippi Hendren for, like, real yeah. effect. And I guess she actually got pecked a few times by these birds, and then they were... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there was... There was... And, you know, Tippi Hendren was very angry. He's one of the very angry with Hitchcock because they, I think it was the final scene, the final attack. Yeah. Informed that it would be largely CGI, but um, there was a, a number of live birds used on it, and, and she did get injured on it, and she always held a grudge uh, for it. I mean, it was Hitchcock again pushing realism in his films that you know he wasn't always honest with with his. The actors that he used, that he, you know, was very devious, and that you know, he was a hard character to, to work with, and that's you know, that underlines it, that that he, you know, we sort of put an actor, an actress, you know, in a situation where they're uncomfortable with that, you know, you know, to to, to draw that um, sort of role, uh, and then that fear, uh, essentially, it's a horror film, right? so. Um, and, and that's what Hitchcock did. He was the, he was the master of that. I don't know whether it's ethically very good, but he certainly used it to his advantage in his filmmaking. Yeah, like I actually like like read up like on again before we came out. Okay, I actually like read up how they did the final scene. There's like so many birds. Like if you guys have seen the film, like there's a end scene. Well, towards the end, where basically the birds attack the house. They think they've gone away. And she goes upstairs because she hears something, and there's just like a room full of birds that have pecked through the ceiling. And then the main character, Tippi Hendren, whose name is Melanie, gets attacked by all these birds. So I guess what they did, how they filmed this, is that Hitchcock had some of his crew members like throw seagulls at her from behind the camera because he said he wanted to intensify her terror so it looked as real as possible. And like you said, she got injured. I guess eventually she got her bottom eyelid split open and had like a nervous breakdown. They had to shut down filming for an entire week while she's in a hospital. Yeah. <laughs> like. Crazy. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Hitchcock was, you know, he was so ahead of the game, but it's very controversial. I mean, any sons, uh, you know, it was back in the day when directors had more power than the stars. The lack of technology meant that they would push boundaries and barriers, and, and not just highlights it. But an, another sort of thing to, to look on, you were talking about special effects. Mm-hmm. He was very limited, um, but he had to create the suspense you know, for the audience. He could hold the audience for the, for the two, two and a half hours that he had in the cinema. Uh, and he'd done that through a range of sort of montage editing, slow pacing. He slowed the film down to create suspense. Um, you know, in the film, not relayed to the audience who were, you know, gripped to their seats and so forth. And and that was that's the Hitchcock style. That was, you know, his auteur um, aspect. There, it was something that was very evident there when you watch his films. He used that style uh, repeatedly um, throughout. Yeah, and like going off what you're saying, like I actually like the way he does it. Like he doesn't give you anything right up front. He makes you work for it. Like you have to stick through the entire story, and yeah. then he has like the last thirty minutes just basically all hell breaks yeah. loose. 
and I love that. Birds, if, if you watch the birds for the first 45 minutes, it's a very slow-paced film. Mm -hmm. Nothing really happens in the first 45 minutes. You, you get the characters and they establish themselves, but nothing ultimately happens for the first 45 minutes to sort of create, um, uh, you know, what the film is about, you know, the chaos that eventually um, unfolds. But for the first 45 minutes, it's very calm and very placid. Um, up to that point, and, and, and that's not normal for um, films, essentially. You still there, Gareth? And it's calm again. Okay. But Hitchcock, for the first, you know, essentially for the first 45 minutes of The Birds, it was very calm and very, you know, collected, and, you know, the audience is just, you know, starting to settle into the characterization, and then the, the chaos ensues. Yeah, and, like, because, like, I know there, there's, like, a couple scenes where it's just basically just people talking. Like, I know, like, right after the one, again, very well-known scene for this movie where, like, the kids get attacked running from the school. Yes. Like, they're in the diner. It's, like, what, almost 13, 14 minutes of them just talking in a diner. Nothing's happening. Just people arguing about birds. And, like, that's, like, it. Like, nothing's happening. And then two minutes later... Again, all hell breaks loose. The birds attack the people. Gas stations are blowing up. Cars are blowing up. And just complete chaos. And the birds go away again. It's just like that high and low. Yeah. And it's just the pace of it. It's just, it's pretty, it's it's insane, honestly. And I, it, it's, it's pretty wild. Like, he based this, and the thing is, he based this whole movie around a love story, which I think is so genius. Yeah, it's sort of the, the, the structure of the film, you know, is is very different there to to standard filmmaking. Uh, you know, he, he he does play with that concept of of creating, you know, different sort of time edits as such. There is you, you see it very much in Psycho when he kills off um, sort of the the the, the, the female uh, early on in, in the film, you know, the leading actress, and, and that's not done. Uh, that's not a normal concept, and and again, it's done with the birds, with the you know the flow of the uh, of the film and how it's structured and so forth. And it's it's, it's again, it's just in, you know he's just an innovator all this, all this time. He, he just he, took, he, he he pushed the boundaries of the, of his filmmaking and and done done things against the the, uh, the, the range. Yeah. So like I said, like this one movie's based around a love story, and basically this girl meets Mitch in a store in San Francisco and she decides she's going to take him to Lovebirds to his house in Bodega Bay and I thought it was kind of funny that the townspeople are very quick to tell this woman who they don't know where he lives and just rent her about I just thought that was kind of odd again Beck, I, know, I can hear Becca right now going it was a different time period Paul people were more trusting yes Becky, yeah. I know but still it's kind of I don't want people knowing where I live if I don't know you kind of thing you know very wholesome. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know, it's just weird. Like, she shows up to his house, walks in, leaves the bird, two lovebirds there, and then, like, goes back out into the water and waits for him to see her, and then she takes off in the boat. And it's like, what are you doing? If you Why didn't you just yeah. wait inside at that point? <laughs> it, it, it's, it's like a lot of things, a lot of things with Hitchcock, no rationale to it. Um, so it did. You know, it, it, it creates that extra dimension with the with the, the audience, um, and, and that is seen very evidently in the birds. Uh, all, all that, yeah. 
and so like basically like they there's like a whole romance thing starts again within like a couple days then you have like the seagull like dive bombs her when she's coming across and again the guy who wanted to be in the film says you know what happened Mitch she gets dive bombed by a seagull and that's kind of like your first hint at like that's basically like that's the first like attack isn't it the seagull dive bombing her yes that's just, um, she's on the water I believe and yeah. uh, the seagull comes on that's the you know, the, that, that's essentially where, where the film builds up pace and um, it's essentially it's, it's it's that bit where Chippy Hendren gets gets hurt, yeah. And then and then another thing that I kind of <laughs> cracks me up about, he then like he lies like he basically he lies to um, to Mitch Rod Taylor's character about like knowing Annie like oh we're old friends and he like he knows she's full of crap, and so then she ends up staying with her, and befriending her and she's what she's a school teacher correct. And so, yeah. so we'll fast forward a little bit. Um, so she befriends everything, and there's like, again, there's a lot of talking, and there's not a, lot, a whole lot of action. And we get, to, we fast forward a little bit, and it's the um, I forgot to write the little girl's name down. Um, the second attack is at the Mitch's daughter's birthday party. Yeah. And it's what the seagulls. It's not Croatia. It's still the seagulls, right? Yes. Yeah. And so the seagulls swoop in and basically attack a bunch of kids and like it's like the special effects he used you could tell it was very just like minimal but like the kids honestly did a great job of making the birds look more i guess lifelike and attacking them as best i guess as best you could with a little kid which i thought was really cool and the fact that he had the birds they would come and go like in waves there was no rhyme or reason they would attack for like 10 minutes and then fly away be gone for hours, come back, attack. And so, like, and it all, I guess, relates back. They kind of made it, I guess, made it sound like they got bad bird feed and they kind of went crazy. Is that kind of what you got from it while they're, why they're attacking? Yeah, the, the, there's a, a sort of a theory that, you know, their, their food was, you know, poisoned or whatever and it caused this reaction. Um, it, it, it was sort of inspired by a real-life event where, where seabirds were dive bombing homes and crashing into cars and, and, and that type of thing. Um, and Hitchcock could use that in his research. Um, and then it was, it was deemed that it was sort of top being feeding on it is widely considered the reason that it changed their behavior. Um, so it's a sort of real life inspiration there that, that, that sort of inspired Hitchcock. Oh. Did not know that. And so, like, again, after the birthday party, we have our next attack, which is the birds... It's basically a bunch of... It looks like a sparrows and robins come flying down the chimney. And this... Honestly, I kind of laughed at this scene because they're little tiny birds, but I just thought it was funny. And then, like, they call the cop, the town cop, to be, like, to, like, figure out what happened. And the cop's like, what am I going to do? It's just birds. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, I don't know what you want me to do. And then, then we get to the, um, we'll fast forward a little bit, and then we get to the scene where Tippi Hendren's character, Melanie, is going to the school, and basically she's out there smoking, you see one crow at a time just kind of showing up. Yeah. So it's pretty crazy that they were able to get, train these birds just like one at a time to just like land in a certain spot, 
and not like attack each other, which was I thought was kind of cool. You're able to do that because that to me that wasn't special effects. I mean, that looked like those were all real birds. Did, did they look all real to you as well? I mean, yeah, no, it was it was very um, it was very uh, reality of that that scene was, was was exceptional. I wouldn't have known if it was if it wasn't outlined there that it was CGI. That you know it was very realistic. Um, uh, that, that particular scene after the school um, attack in the gas station mm-hmm. um, on that, and that, that's where the, the film really uh, does evolve, yeah, you know, even greater there. That it's, it's that point when when Tippy Hendren's character is, is rescued um, by uh, Mitch, taken to the restaurant. That um, uh, a female uh, in the restaurant starts blaming mm-hmm. and Melanie for the uh, the bird attacks because they weren't. Uh, taking place there before she arrives in, in Bodega Bay. Um, so at, at that point, uh, just after that, you know that really intense scene uh, at the school, you know the, the, the storyline uh, starts becoming uh, more uh, focused on 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 the, on the characterizations um, and the scenes uh, that are being explored. The the love interest there between Mitch and Melanie. Yeah, and going back to to the town scene. So like. You know the scene where like Tippy Hendren runs out and she's in the phone booth, correct? And like the birds are attacking. So Cary Grant was actually visiting set that day when they were filming and said, she is the bravest woman I've ever met because the safety glass was actually breaking and Tippy Hendren actually got cut on, on her nose and like cheek. So they had to pull out pieces of like glass from that like she was actually bleeding from that scene so they had to like stop like shooting and like fix the makeup she had some cuts they had to cover up so she actually got like injured in that scene alone and i guess carrie grant was just like blown away that he's like wow hitchcock's really just going for it (laughs) and then in the same scene there i read up that um there was actually a crow named archie that would just dive bomb Rod Taylor on set. Unprovoked would just like attack him on like almost a daily basis if he was out. Yeah, I mean, essentially that was the big secret of of the birds is the mystery of the attack intensified the horror of the film. Mm-hmm. Nobody knew why the birds were actually doing it. Yeah. The characters in the film didn't know and, and that you know, relayed to the audience who, who didn't have the rationale of, of why the, the birds were attacking uh, the residents of the town. So, you know, that is the, the big sort of theme of, of the birds is is that mystery. Uh, you know, everything intensifies the horror um, that, that was felt by the by the townsfolk. Yeah, and I guess like it got to the point where like Rod Taylor would come on a set and ask if like this particular bird was working today, and they said no. And the bird would swoop down and just like attack him, and like dive bomb him before they were even shooting. He didn't, uh, and like it was like a daily thing. This one bird would just attack him, not during filming, just like when they're doing like hair and makeup. He's walking to set. This bird would just like attack him, and I guess it became a pretty big issue where they had to like I guess remove the bird at a certain point because he wouldn't stop attacking the main character. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I thought that was pretty funny. That bird was just like attacking one person. <laughs> So, 
So after we have like the whole, I guess like basically the town on fire, we flip over to Mitch is basically boarding up his house waiting for the next wave. Yes. And again, it's just, it's so crazy that like these birds, they, they come in waves and there's no rhyme or reason. And, and they've never attacked together. It's either been seagulls or ravens or like sparrows. And it's never been all the birds together. And so he boards up the house and basically their people are just sitting and like basically the family's just sitting there waiting for the birds to attack again. And then like this like final like big scene is like it's actually pretty intense, like with the sound effects that he put where like there's no really no lines for what a good seven, eight minutes. It's just like yeah. it's just birds and like pecking noises and like the birds breaking through the glass and him trying to nail things back in. He's bleeding and like that would that would mess you up so mentally just having like actual birds trying to come through your window in your house and like attack your family and yeah it's just the like i said again the way he did this was just it, it was crazy like i uh it was it was it, to me this this like i forgot like again i texted you i think a couple hours ago i was like i forgot how good this movie is because i haven't seen it in years and it's just like i was like this is insane how many birds they actually have like real birds flying around on this set compared to the fake yeah. ones i mean obviously you have the fake ones but and i also found out i guess like how they did some of these shots where like the people are like like one of the shots where the kids are running from the school through the town yes. is they had one of the mickey mouse creators was a special effects supervisor and they call this like this this filming and they call it matinee work which is a process where images from two separate reels of film are combined and it enables the footage of angry birds to be pieced together with separate shots depicting frightened actors so it's like again like he is like his he's like inventing like ways to like film and piece stuff together like every single film he does something new that people use to this day and to me like this is why i'm a big defender of like older films because pe i always people like a lot of like some friends of mine are always like why do you like older films they're boring i'm like you guys don't understand people in like film school actors directors producers they study these films because this is where the special effects came from you know great acting people studied these hitchcock films for a reason he is like one of the greatest film directors ever and I want to pound my head against the wall because people just kind of look at me like I'm a like I'm a crazy person, but it is what it is. Yeah, uh, I mean, I, I I totally agree with with a lot of uh, what you've highlighted there uh, regarding it. it. It is a a film that you know has been accredited as being one of the, the greatest thrillers in American cinema. Um, it's you know that's you know has sits well you know within. The horror genre, um, I, you know, Hitchcock. Um, a lot of his techniques have been used by, you know, he has inspired other film um, film directors there to, to use those techniques. You know. Um. So so, so yeah. The, I mean, the bird sits you know comfortably within the path of you know fine um, you know horror horror films and, and the thriller genres uh, out there. The masterpiece by by Hitchcock, so it is. 
Yeah, I actually didn't, and I saw that they, I, I looked it up, I guess they actually made a sequel to this in, like, 1994, and I guess it was just, like, absolutely awful. Again, this number of things, I know they made a sequel, just, like, I didn't know our last episode with Jaws. Didn't know they made, like, what, three more Jaws movies? Had no idea that was a thing. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, like, Tippi Hendren was, like, this movie is such a disgrace to me that this is the second one. She, she, goes, she goes, I don't know why they made a second one. Because the first one was so good and so iconic. Yeah. And what I worry about with a lot of these films that are so good, which they've already done with some of Hitchcock's movies, is, like, remaking them now. And, like, I'm just, I'm a big, like, I just, remakes, prequels and sequels, it's just, like, it kind of, it drives me nuts. Especially, like, remakes of, like, like, when they redid Psycho, I think, like, 10, 12 years ago, whatever it was with Vince Vaughn, like a shot-for-shot remake. It's yeah, just... Yeah. To me, did you ever see it? I, I, I did watch it um, at the time, just out of sort of curiosity, but it didn't add anything, you know, yeah. to the film. It was, it was, you know, it was a complete, you know, rip-off, big copy, carbon copy of, of the original in color. Um, but it didn't add anything uh, to us. You know, you can see different adaptations of, of like, the Batman genre um, and so forth you know the director would come in and you know, completely give a different uh, outlook but uh, that remake of Psycho uh, you know was, I, I believe it was it, it was a really failed uh, attempt at, at a masterpiece you know it shouldn't have been you know, it shouldn't have gone near it yeah and like and yeah and like I, like I said I'm with you and I watched it I'm like this doesn't do anything for me like it's the exact same movie but I'm like it doesn't have the same I guess intensity is the best way to put it because like the first one is just it's so good and of course they made that uh, Bates Motel TV show about Norman as a child with his mom yeah I tried watching that I couldn't get through it I was like I don't know maybe it's just not for me but again I just worry about like them like doing this and like you said back to the Batman thing I actually just watched the new Batman last night and it is it's about three hours. I'll tell you what, though, it's it's pretty good actually. I was surprised I liked it. So if you have a chance, definitely uh, definitely give it a watch if you have three hours. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, I went to the cinema to see it. Oh, okay. You well, know, not all that long ago, uh, and I enjoyed it, but I, I still prefer the Nolan. Uh, the Nolan oh, version. oh, yeah. Um, oh. Yeah, yeah, that's the definitive. But the great thing about uh, Tippi Hendren, you know, it, it, it is the film that's you know, uh, you know, catapulted her into Hollywood. Um, obviously, uh, Hitchcock had an obsession, sort of an unhealthy obsession with her. But, but certainly that, you know, her career is very aligned to Hitchcock, and he did give her the roles that um, that he wanted her to have. Um, you know, she, Tippi Hendren, is the mother of Melanie Griffiths, and. Um, is the grandmother of Dakota Johnson, who's Fifty Shades of Grey. So, you oh, know, okay. has you know gone down, you know, another two generations, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, as well. But going back to what it said about Tippi Hendren and um, Alfred Hitchcock, you know, a, a lot of sort of information and, and uh, evidence has come forward that his his obsession was, you know. Uh, in the sort of era of Me Too and that type of thing, it was, it was quite, um, 
quite distasteful um, and, and that type of thing. He had a, it was a recent film sort of directed there that sort of explored the relationship between Hitchcock and Hendren. Um, you know, in the sort of a, you know, the, the aspect of the sort of the Me Too uh, era um, as well. Um, so, yeah, no, she she did suffer greatly under him. You know, sort of, sort of um, her mental health was, uh, you know, took a, a strong uh, sort of in, uh, you, know, you know, he really did impact on her mental health you know, due to the obsession that he had with. Yes, and I, I, yeah, I'm with you now. Like I said, I, I've heard stuff like I listened to um, to a, another podcast online. They told, and they were talking about some stuff where like Hitchcock was um, like you were just saying, very well known for uh, not treating his actors the greatest on set, but he always got the best out. But I'm like, yeah, it, but it's like it's like if you like I guess like some of the stuff he did now, like strapping a bird to someone, like. You probably couldn't do that nowadays, because like the the fear of like injury and and all that, like that's not something yeah. you want to deal with. Because like I said, like not like I know you've touched on it, Beggy has touched on it, like the actors back then didn't have a whole lot of power like they do now. Yeah. Now the actors pretty much call the shots. Yeah, in we're Hollywood, still, we're still pretty much in the studio era of, of that time, where studios had their directors and, and the bar was was with 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 the directors in the studios more more than the uh, the actual actors at the time um, but that, that has certainly changed in, in recent decades um, but certainly directors such as Hitchcock and Orson Welles and, and, and that generation certainly you know had greater power and, and influence um, over, over, over their films so kind of off topic have you seen that Hitchcock movie I think it's just called Hitchcock I, I haven't personally, um, but I'm familiar with it. Uh, I've been meaning to, in, in, in recent times, to, to watch more of it there, but I, I, I haven't seen it. Have, have you seen it? Yeah, it's uh, it, it's actually very good. I really okay. enjoy. I really enjoyed it. It's um, crap. I forget. I think it's oh, what's his name? Uh, let me see here. Yeah, Anthony Hopkins plays Hitchcock. Yes. 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 Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's about sort of that was released sort of maybe eight nine years ago. Um, yeah, two thousand twelve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean it's I'm got it. yeah it's got a great cast. It's got Anthony Hopkins, Helen Mirren, Scarlett Johansson, Jessica Biel, and okay. it's it's like I said, if you can track it down, it's not like it's not going to blow you out of the water, but it's like I guess it's more educational. You kind of get like a look, kind of like how he was. I guess is a, yes. a portrayal, and I, again, I'm 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 a big Anthony Hopkins fan. So anytime I see him in anything, I'm usually trying to watch it when I can. But I remember it being very good. So again, if you and to the to the to the listeners out there, if you get a chance, go check that movie out because I think like it's based. I want to say it's based around the movie Psycho, like him getting the script in the yeah. getting like the rights and actually be able to film it. I think it's based around that one, if I remember correctly. Okay. And you get to kind of see how he treated his wife and like the actresses and the actors and the studios and again it's it's a pretty well done like educational wise documentary not really documentary but film you get what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, on that, yeah, no, I'll, I'll probably, uh, I will I will check that out. Um, it has been one that I've been needed to uh, to watch 
um, as well. There is that um, other film that I that I highlighted to you there. I think it came out in uh, twenty twenty um, about uh, Hitchcock um, and Tippi Hendren. The, the, the explores the the relationship uh, that they had is now it's now made into a, a feature film as such. Um, I think it's called The Girl or yes what do you call it yeah it is called. it is the girl yeah because i was re yeah. i w it came up when i was doing my research here before we came on here yeah because she talked yeah. about it like when like they, they they had the whole like the big premiere thing she talked about like the making of it and like the stories behind all that so i didn't know that was a thing so i definitely have to track that down because i'm always about learning about that kind of stuff see what like actually happened what's true what's not true kind of stuff yeah, and that's not to take away from Hitchcock's work, but I, I think we have to put it in the context, um, you know, and from a from a modern day lens. Um, you know, he was certainly a director of his time, and perhaps you know, he, uh, you know his, his work might be seen in different light uh, at this present time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he, he was he was a genius by by all accounts. Uh, modern cinema owes a lot. To, to the work of Alfred Hitchcock, his techniques and his filmmaking, and his overall style, essentially. Yeah, like and again, like we've talked about in the past, like there's still like I don't know if they do so. They they, they might do over, over where you're at. Um, there's still like movie theaters that play like old a lot of older movies, and like they'll put a lot of his movies out just like randomly in the theaters, and like the theaters are packed. People that have seen it a dozen times, but you get to see it again. And it's just, oh, it's pretty cool, like, how long it's it's lasted with his, you know, his film 40, 50 years later, whatever it is. So. Excellent. Yeah. So, um, is there anything else that you, you want to cover in, in respect to the birds um, or Hitchcock? No, man. I think I pretty much got everything out that I wanted. Okay. So, I think we got yeah. some good info out there to the people. Yeah. Um, so, how, how did you think this uh, podcast go? Uh, do you think it went well? I do, man. I think it went really good, actually. And we'll definitely have to have you back on for. Um, we said we still got Psycho and North by Northwest to cover. So, if you want to okay. join us for that, we'd love to have you back on because you always bring yeah. the facts. Yeah, Psycho and North by Northwest, I know pretty well. So, I, I would enjoy um, either or or both of. Um, so, if you're if you're looking for some inputs um i would i would uh, i would love to uh, be a part of it yeah like i said um I'll, I'll keep in touch and let you know with becky's schedule and then we'll go from there excellent how, how, oh yeah absolutely man like i said we'll, we'll have you back very soon i'll keep in touch with you okay that's me okay i'm out all right later right. gareth thanks bye. bye and as always folks i hope you've enjoyed your slice of pie